Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we talk about the impact that Rob Gronkowski could have. Answer one of your voicemails. But first, the Buccaneers have placed two players on injured reserve. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is that the Buccaneers have placed running back TJ Logan and wide receiver John Franklin III on injured reserve. Now, last week, TJ Logan suffered a patella tendon injury in his right knee that required surgery that some believe will be season-ending. It's not necessarily a guarantee, but that is kind of the timetable that many are looking at, that this is likely a season-ending injury for running back TJ Logan. On top of that, wide receiver John Franklin III injured himself in one-on-one drills in the Buccaneers' indoor practice facility and was carted off the field. Franklin underwent an MRI, but the results of that, as of this recording, have yet to be disclosed. Now, David, we've talked extensively about the Buccaneers' running back room, and TJ Logan was always kind of that first one out or last one out, however you want to put it, that we just didn't feel like he was going to have the opportunity to make this roster, but he had started getting some special teams work, which was really the way he was going to force himself onto this team. Looks like now he's, you know, he's pretty much toast for the entire year. Yeah. I mean, TJ Logan coming in from the Arizona Cardinals last year, you know, uh, that was, that was basically expected. That's what his role was expected to be as more of a special teams guy. And then during the NFL draft, the Buccaneers go out there and they draft Raymond Calais, and you basically look at him as an immediate threat to TJ Logan's job security. Uh, so then they enter camp, and you know now you get the veteran versus the rookie. You know not only rookie but late round draft pick already, uh, who had minimal time to work before getting to camp and really had to do much of it on his own. So obviously TJ with the upper hand there as far as potentially landing that roster spot. And you know you can see the Buccaneers stash and Calais on the practice squad or something if they need to to, to develop him more and see if. TJ can make it all happen, and we know that just from the offseason conversations that the Buccaneers have kind of a renewed focus. I'm not saying it's you know priority number one by any means, but it's, there's just there's a focus and, and an intention by the Buccaneers staff to try to get their special teams game up to snuff because uh, that can be a very valuable part of a team being successful throughout the season into the postseason as well. So to see him go out there, I mean, it just it just takes one more person off the list of, of guys who could possibly you know make an impact on special teams through the return game. So you hate to see that. Um, and then you look at Franklin, and that's a guy you know uh, a good story at least so far. The Buccaneers, especially some of them, or some people might re- you know remember him from the Netflix documentary that he was on. But then you look, you know, he comes in. He's he's a quarterback in college, and then he comes in. At least for the Buccaneers, he's a cornerback, and then he gets a little bit of work on offense, uh, and then looks at you know looks like a wide receiver and all, just kind of a Swiss Army knife type guy, just an athlete that the Buccaneers were working on trying to get onto the field in any way, shape they, or any way they could. And honestly, he was a guy that kind of, if you paid attention to the, to the rumblings coming out of training camp, a lot of people were talking about him and a lot of people were interested in what he was doing. So the opportunity possibly was there. 
you know, I'm not saying I'm not predicting that he would have been on the active roster necessarily, but the opportunity was definitely there for him to potentially make an impact. So to see him go out uh, is also disappointing, especially with a non, well, not non-contact injury for sure. I don't actually know that, but when you talk about one-on-ones, typically those injuries are non-contact. We saw Gerald McCoy, uh, a former Buccaneer, you know, uh, Dallas Cowboy go down to a similar type issue, uh, injury and a one-on-one drill, minimal contact. If anything, it's just some of those things can kind of happen. You almost wonder if that's a climatization injury like Gerald McCoy's was or if it just is kind of one of those fluke things that happened. Yeah, and I, I can't remember 100% which Buccaneers receiver it was, but I'm going to say I'm 99% sure it was Mike Evans that had talked about John Franklin not too long ago and and said that Franklin was a far better receiver than he was a corner and was excited to see what he had been doing in practice thus far. So really disappointed for both of those guys, Logan and Franklin, as they had opportunities to make this roster and just you know get, get hit with these massive, massive injuries, and it looks like they're going to have to wait until next year. Now, hopefully next season, they will have the full slate of off-season activities with OTAs, a full training camp preseason, and it'll give them the opportunity to really shine and really show what they can do to be able to make the 53-man roster again. TJ Logan, you're probably looking at a a potential special teamer as far as what his contributions will be. But for Franklin, he might be able to work himself into the, you know, the wide receiver rotation if he keeps it up. But now he's got a long road ahead recovering from injury. Coming up in just a minute, we are going to be discussing Rob Gronkowski's potential impact for the Buccaneers, both on Sundays, as well as on your fantasy rosters with an interesting quote that I heard from the fantasy footballers. But first, and Matt from Morvin, Georgia, it's time to put those earmuffs on Troy. I'll give you a second to do that. We have a word from our friends over at Roman. Now, look, talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. Usually we brush it off or we blame ourselves. We say things like, I just lost my mojo. We avoid it altogether saying, I had a long day at work. I'm really exhausted or, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it today. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Kicking off our week here at the Locked On Bucks podcast and all of you out there, some of you out there actually already have kicked off your 
fantasy football seasons, probably got your drafts out of the way, looking to make some moves, probably trading players, releasing players here and there, picking them up off the waiver wire. Mine's James, next week. Yours is next week. Fantastic. Mine's My fantasy week. roster is actually already built. However, because of everything going on and some of the coronavirus considerations and everything, we actually waived our entry fees and we actually auto-drafted every team. So now we're all kind of just rolling through being GMs with a built roster. It is what it is. Anyway, um, what that <laughs> leads us into, of course, is the conversation about Buccaneers players in fantasy football. Surprise, surprise, is locked on Bucks, right? Uh, specifically, we're talking to Rob Gronkowski, the tight end, uh, veteran tight end, re- retired after the 2019 or 2018 NFL season, rather, sat out the entire 2019 season, did some television, did some talk show appearances, wrestled a little bit, won a big shiny belt thing that he uh, that he lost recently uh, to come back to the NFL, join Tom Brady in Tampa Bay to play for the Buccaneers here, try to win one more championship. And James, everybody's got opinions, everybody's got excitement around Rob and what he might be able to do. You wrote an article for BucksNation.com based off of the comments of another show, a show that you are a big fan of. So why don't you go ahead and set that up for the people? Yeah, this is uh, Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers. And look, we all have kind of our our tips and tricks places that we go to for fantasy football. My favorite is the Fantasy Footballers. They are one of the most accurate and consistently one of the top-rated fantasy football shows out there. Um, I, I believe it's three years running that these guys have been the number one ranked projectionists as far as trying to pinpoint uh, who to draft, where to draft them, and what their uh, season outlook will be ahead of your draft. Just absolutely phenomenal work by them. But uh, Andy Holloway had, uh, had asked Mike Wright what he was hearing about Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski, and this is what he had to say. What's the news on Rob Gronkowski, former superstar tight end? Sure. So shout out to our friends at Roster Watch. They have some boots on the ground at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp. And all morning, it has simply just been a reminder, don't draft Rob Gronkowski. The, the name is, is gigantic. He is a Hall of Fame tight end. But O.J. Howard is still the number one guy there. He, and they're saying, it, look, they're comparing Rob Gronkowski's usage, at least in these practices, to that of of late career Antonio Gates. Yeah, Antonio Gates, he, he came through in the red zone. He was a specialist there. He's catching touchdowns. But Rob Gronkowski, if you're drafting him, don't, don't think you are getting Rob Gronkowski from three years ago if you are drafting him. I think you just have to – I mean, O.J. Howard, I mean – Terribly disappointing season last year. Destroyed fantasy. Yeah, owners. do we get a post hype bounce back for Howard? See, I, I was going the other direction. I, I'd steer clear of all Bruce Arians and his his history with tight ends, combined with a depth chart that has three different guys that are going to be out there and a ton of actual. You know, Scotty Miller is back. You have Watson. You have Godwin. You have Evans. Uh, I don't know if you're going to have any consistent production from any specific tight end in Tampa. That's fair. Yeah, David, that that absolutely is fair. And we're going to take this from a fantasy perspective first, and then we're going to dive into actual game day impact. Because something I put in the article, David, was, yeah, O.J. Howard was far more valuable to the Buccaneers offense on the field than he was to your fantasy rosters. That's just the, the long and the short of it. You can't truly judge a player's ability and impact on a team based on how they do on your fantasy football roster. It's two totally different things. 
But I agree with, with Andy in this case, and maybe you'll disagree with me. I'm not drafting any of the Bucks three tight ends. You know, when, <clears throat> when it comes to my draft next week, I'm steering clear from all of them because you just don't know what you're going to get out of any of them. And if, if Rob Gronkowski's usage so far in these, in these practices is comparable to that of l- late career Antonio Gates, I mean, just the last two years alone combined, you're looking at 97 targets, 58 receptions, 649 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. You know, that's, those aren't the kind of numbers that, that Gates was putting up when he was the guy. Rob Gronkowski now has to share that spotlight with O.J. Howard. Cameron Brate's going to get in the mix because you're not going to pay him $6.5 million just to ride the bench and just hang out on the sideline on Sundays. So for a fantasy owner, the Buccaneers' tight end room is an enormous nightmare. Yeah, I didn't get any Buccaneers tight ends in my auto draft, and I didn't go back and pick any up. I did make some roster moves. I did not pick up any Buccaneers tight ends. Honestly, guys, outside of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin uh, and maybe Rojo, I'm not putting any Buccaneers on my roster just because that's kind of the thing about a Tom Brady-led offense is that Tom Brady is going to find the open receiver. Tom Brady doesn't care if Mike Evans was the primary on the on the play call, if Mike Evans has double coverage and, I don't know, say Scotty Miller is running a 15-yard slant or something, you know, or 12-yard slant, something like that, then or post, then he's – and that's open. He's going to hit Scotty Miller. That, that Like 100 times out of 100 times, Tom Brady's going to throw to the open receiver, not the most well-known receiver, right? And that hurts fantasy football players when they have – when there's a quarterback like that because, you know, you look at Detroit – Kenny Galladay is going to get his targets. Marvin Jones is going to get his targets. Like that's just going to happen. And even you look at the Buccaneers pre Tom Brady with Jameis Winston, you know, Jameis Winston is going to go to Mike Evans at least five, six, seven times a game, if not more. So when you start Mike Evans any given week with the Buccaneers offense, you can feel comfortable knowing that your wide receiver is going to have opportunities to make plays. Now they didn't always work out, but at least you have the opportunities. I mean, Tom Brady's kind of quarterback guys like, if, if a defense comes out and says, you know what, today we are shutting down Mike Evans. We're going to make Chris Godwin prove that he can be the number one guy. We're going to make Rob Ronkowski prove he's not old. And we're going to make Rojo prove that he can be a dynamic wide, or running back because Mike Evans ain't catching a thing. Tom Brady's going to say, cool, I'll go to these other guys. And Mike Evans could go an entire game with no targets. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying it could happen in this offense with that type of quarterback because that's what he's here to do. He's here to win games. He's not here to make other people, uh, you know, fantasy teams win. And even though Mike Evans said he's out here, you know, helping me become more elite, I, I believe that could definitely be true. But if he does, it's it's going to make Mike Evans get more targets because Mike Evans is playing better, running better, better routes, getting open more, getting better separation because of Tom Brady's tutelage, where he puts the ball, all that stuff. Not because Tom Brady's just going to come out here and say, hey, Mike, I'm going to help you get that Hall of Fame resume going. That's just not who Tom Brady is. So the risk is always there. But then, yeah, you also look at the dynamic of, uh, of, of a Bruce Arians offense, uh, just historically does not produce good fantasy football tight ends. Tom Brady sometimes produces good fantasy football tight ends, but when you blend the two up in a, into a blender and a smoothie, you have a very mediocre t- uh, chance of getting a good taste in your mouth from a, a Buccaneers tight end in 2020. You know how our listeners are going to win their fantasy leagues, David? 
Because it's never about the first round. It's never about the second round. It's about those late round picks, those free agent acquisitions. We know Gronk is going to get drafted in these fantasy leagues, right? We know OJ Howard is going to get drafted in these fantasy leagues, right? You know how our listeners are going to win those leagues? How? They are going to draft Jarwin, the tight end out of Dallas, with their last positional pick before they take their kicker or their defense, depending on what their strategy is. You could take Jarwin after OJ Howard and Rob Gronkowski in any draft you enter, and you are going to end up with a tight end one on the season, possibly even, you know, top five out of the tight ends because of the target share that he is going to end up getting. And he's the guy there and nobody's talking about him. So there's, there's my fantasy tip for the episode is you go draft Jarwin, ignore Gronk, ignore OJ as much as you love them. And as excited as you are that they are on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're in these leagues to win money, to win bragging rights, all that go draft Jarwin at the very end of your draft and look like a genius. You know, here's the thing, though, about this Buccaneers tight end fantasy situation. Right? I like your advice. If Jarwin is def- is available there, I mean, really anywhere after round 12, you, you really have no business not drafting him. Exactly. Um, but you look at Rob Gronkowski, you look at O.J. Howard, right? So I have access to the ultimate draft kit from the fantasy footballers because I'm awesome. And uh, You're welcome. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> so for those of you not familiar, you need to get familiar because it really is good stuff. But they do their rankings, right? And each, each member of the fantasy footballers, Andy, Jason, and Mike, they make their individual rankings, and then they collect them into an average, and then they get their, their total ranking, right? So Rob Gronkowski comes in 21st overall among tight ends, which sounds pretty low probably from what a lot of Buccaneers fans are expecting. However – it's even more astounding when you fit when you figure out Jason has Rob ranked as his 26th tight end this mm-hmm. season. Andy has him ranked as his 10th tight end this season. I don't know if that conversation is going to change that ranking anytime soon, but as of this recording, Andy still has him ranked 10th overall among NFL tight ends for fantasy football. And then Mike's in the middle somewhere with 20. So, I mean, that just kind of shows you the scope. These are, these are three guys who, I mean, this is their career. They, they wake up and they think fantasy football and evaluate fantasy football and, and analyze fantasy football until they go to sleep and they wake up tomorrow and they do the same thing. Meanwhile, O.J. Howard is the 26th overall. So he's only five spots behind Rob Gronkowski as his backup. However, Andy, who has Rob Gronkowski ranked 10th, has O.J. 32nd. Meanwhile, Jason, who has Rob Gronkowski 26th, has OJ 24th, and then Mike also has OJ 24th while he has Rob uh, placed in 20th. So, I mean, Jason alone has OJ Howard ranked two spots ahead of Rob Gronkowski, even though Rob Gronkowski is considered to be tight end one on the Buccaneers roster. So that kind of goes into the next part of this discussion, James, about Rob Gronkowski is how are the Buccaneers or how do we think right now? Because, I mean, we have no preseason games, no scrimmages, no, you know, uh, summer or spring games, whatever you want to call them that Bruce Arians wants to do with Ray J., Ray J. Yeah, Ray J. Sorry. Uh, to evaluate the usage here. He has gone on a record saying that they're going to use a lot of 12 personnel. Who is tied in one? Who is tied in two for the Buccaneers in operation on the field? Well, and, and before we get into that, I will say now, Andy, Mike, and Jason are all Cardinals fans. They live in Arizona. That's where their studio is, all that. They are Cardinals fans. So they are more than familiar with Bruce Arians led offenses and that's where they get a lot of their hesitation regarding 
the tight end usage. So they already have a little bit of a bias against Buccaneers tight ends. Then you muddy the waters by adding Rob Gronkowski and they're, they're even, you know, they're questioning it even more. And real quick for clarity, the ultimate draft kit is a living, breathing organism that gets updated every single day. So with Andy having, you said it was Andy that had Gronk 10th. Yes. So that is still his current ranking as of today, as you're listening to this, because as their rankings change, so does the ultimate draft kit phenomenal tool to get go check it out but um i'm i'm buying into this i am buying into what we heard on the fantasy footballers that between the 20s oj howard is their guy he is their number one tight end they've picked up his option we know they want to keep him long term they're not going to derail him for one year of gronk then I think when you get inside that red zone, that's when you're throwing out all of these crazy packages and alignments where you're going to have, you know, Gronk lined up with his hand to the dirt. You're going to split OJ out wide. You're going to have Godwin in the slot. You're going to have Mike Evans on the other side, or you got OJ with his hand in the dirt. You got Gronk split out into the slot. You know, they're going to play with it quite a bit, but I 100% buy-in to O.J. Howard being their number one guy, having the, the vast majority of the snap counts, and, and being their number one tight end, that when the season is over, O.J. Howard, barring any injury, will have taken the most snaps. He will have the most targets of any tight end. He will have the most receptions of any of the tight ends. I think the touchdown ranking, you're going to see Gronk finish the year with the most touchdowns because that's where he's going to get his work. He's going to get his work in the red zone. He's going to get his work on, you know, third and and medium being that guy that Tom Brady has a rapport with. He trusts in those situations. He can hit Gronk for six yards when they need five. He can hit Gronk in the end zone on, on plays that they've run a billion times. But yeah, I, I think OJ's number one Gronk is number two for this season. I mean, I can certainly see it happening. I mean, you can't put anything past, you know, OJ's ceiling and then Rob Gronkowski coming back. Yeah, but I mean, uh, again, he is he is older. He's been out of the game for a little while. He gets banged up a lot. So you could make it, it can make a lot of sense for the Buccaneers to almost do it by design by kind of trying to save him for that late season push or even into the postseason. Uh, but I'm going to finish this conversation because we do have a voicemail we need to get to before we're done with today's episode with one last piece of fantasy thought, and that is, Here's how I would approach this if I was looking to leverage the Buccaneers tight end group in my fantasy football strategy at all this season is I would try to get Rob Gronkowski rounds 12 or later. That's it. Like I would not go earlier than that. Rounds 12 or later, you're usually fleshing out your bench. So it is what it is. Draft Rob Gronkowski. If he blows up week one, put him on the trade market. See what you can get high. from him. He may not get a whole lot around in week one because people are still going to be a little hesitant. However, if you get – Classic Rob Gronkowski in week one, week two, you need to sell that dude for as much as you can get heading into week three because the fact that Tom and Rob have such great chemistry could certainly could certainly show up early on in the season until Tom gets a little bit more comfortable with guys like Evans, Godwin, et cetera, and then you sell him out there. If he, if you show up week ones and two or week one and two and Rob Gronkowski does little to nothing, you can put him on the waiver wire. It is what it is. It's really not a big loss anyway. You wasted a you know a 13th round draft pick on him maybe. So if Rob Gronkowski is available that late, I'd probably take him, stash him, see if maybe I can flip him You know, in week three, week four, find myself a nice little role player or a plug-and-play guy for a bye week 
you know, I mean, you're not going to lose much if you, if it, if it doesn't work out. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, and David, it's time to hit that voicemail line. Hey, James. Hey, David. It's Adam coming Georgia. Just uh, wanted to give a shout out to you guys. And uh, as of right now, uh, I already see people going off on posts already about how we should pick him up. Uh, that would be very nice having a veteran, um, you know, in the backfield guys, uh, but let's be realistic here, we do not have money for him. Um, and not only that, but from what the article I read was Dallas might grab But anyways, I thought, you know, you guys would like to, uh, you know, kind of go over that and everything else. But uh, anyway, you guys have a fantastic week, and as always, go buck. So James, real quick before you get into that, that call from Adam did have a little bit of a gap in there. I cut the gap for the recording, but we can only assume he's asking about Earl Thomas because that voicemail happened to come in a little while after the news that Earl Thomas had been released by the Baltimore Ravens came through. So putting two to two together, he did say backfield, not defensive backfield, but I'm assuming he's talking about Earl Thomas. Yeah, and and of course the Cowboys are the favorites to land Earl Thomas. So David, do you want to take this one first or do you want me to go? Uh, I mean, I can go first. It's, it's going to be real real kind of quick and simple for me. Listen, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' back, defensive backfield is, is very young. We all know that. We all kind of wondered if they were going to go out and sign a veteran uh, during the offseason, if, if it even became available. And then they drafted Antoine Winfield Jr. in the second round. So it was like, okay, so we're going to put more, more youth in an already young secondary. They really haven't done much to go out and add any more of a veteran presence to that group. And, I mean, again, James, I mean, you and I have kind of talked about I'm I've been a very big fan of adding a veteran presence to that group, you know, since the beginning of the offseason. I think that uh, some experience, especially Super Bowl caliber experience, could really go a long way in teaching these guys how to be even better professionals than they've already shown to be. Um, you just kind of add, like, oh, it's he's not Tom Brady of a defense, you know what I mean, but he, he's got kind of that a little bit of that stature. Um, he's He has been to a couple teams, and he's, he is known for having kind of a fiery temper or personality. Um, you know, some of those things to be fixed. And honestly, I think Earl would be wise to consider the Buccaneers because it's it's a team that's set up to possibly go win a championship. As far as money is concerned, you know, if the Buccaneers move on from Justin Evans, we all kind of expect him to basically just stay on the IR probably for one more year. But they could actually outright cut Justin Evans this year and they save $1.2 million in cap room. So if, if you consider the fact that Earl Thomas has already gotten paid a $5 million signing bonus this year from the Baltimore Ravens, he's already got $5 million in the pocket for this season. So if he goes out there and signs for a one-year contract for one and a half million, maybe from the Buccaneers, he's making six and a half million. I know that you said earlier that the Ravens are trying to recoup some of the guaranteed money that they owe him. If they can't recoup all that guaranteed money or any of that guaranteed money, then he's still making, you know, 10 million plus dollars this year. So he can afford to take a million and a half for one year from the Buccaneers, add that to the stack of bills he's already making this season, potentially win a Super Bowl ring, go back next year, give the Dallas Cowboys a reason not to re-sign Dak Prescott for long-term money. So with all that said, no, the Buccaneers absolutely should not sign Earl Thomas. I could not agree with you more. And I, I will add this because I, you know, I agree with everything that you just said. They don't have the money, first of all. And, and Earl Thomas appears to be a nut job. But the Baltimore Ravens are eating a ton of money letting him go you are not eating that much money. And by the way, filing a grievance to try to make sure you get some of that money back, but you don't release a player 
with that much money tied into them and with the resume that Earl Thomas has strictly based off of one fight. There are a lot more issues that have gone on over there that we have no idea about. And this is just the straw that broke the camel's back. This is the, the tip of the iceberg. Take whatever cliche you want, but you don't release a player with the pedigree and the talent of Earl Thomas for as much money as you signed him for over one fight. We see fights in training camps and practices Every single year, there is more to this story, and he has apparently caused some serious issues in Baltimore to warrant this release. And I think we're going to find out more and more about it as the days go on. But no, you you stay as far away from Earl Thomas as you do Antonio Brown at this point, because both of them at the you know at this stage have very very short fuses, and you never know when that explosion is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no doubt that Earl Thomas is extremely talented as an NFL player, but anybody, you know, in social media or anywhere, anybody out there, maybe, you know, thinking about the veteran leadership aspect of was an experience and age does not make you a leader. And there is absolutely nothing in Earl Thomas's history, resume or present day standing that would make you think that he is a leader in any way, shape or form. Uh, this secondary group in Tampa Bay is as young as it is, is clicking. They get along. They learn well together. Todd Bowles is happy with them. Bruce Arians is happy with them. No reason to inject someone who could who could instantly turn your locker room into a poisonous environment. Um, you know, like this. I mean, the, the Baltimore Ravens. Much as much as there is Super Bowl excitement, hype, expectations, whatever around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there is just as much, if not more, surrounding the Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens. So, like you said, James, for the Baltimore Ravens to get rid of arguably one of the best or the best safety in the National Football League talent-wise uh, in the preseason with weeks still left to the regular season. I mean, they could have still, you know, they could have just suspended him. Uh, you know, don't come back to camp and we're just going to try to trade you for a couple weeks before they did this. No, they went ahead, they pulled the trigger with no guarantees that they're getting that cap space back. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, sometimes people show you who they are. You just have to believe them. Earl Thomas has shown multiple teams who he is. So far, people really haven't believed him because he he plays so well on the field. If anybody wants to believe, if, if anybody wants to continue to believe him over everybody else, the Dallas Cowboys are are more than welcome to go ahead and do it. I don't want the Buccaneers going anywhere near this. All right, well, David, we are out of time, so that is going to do it for this episode. But please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Send us your voicemails to eight one three four four four. 5841. Follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at D Harrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.